1: You know, folks, normally on Sunday mornings in our message series, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, and instead of just launching back into Chapter 22, we're actually going to be in Chapter 22 of Luke, I thought for a moment, I was really praying and thinking this week, and I felt impressed, especially after the last eight weeks, as I was thinking about our church family and different things that have happened in our family and the response of our church family to the different things. I kind of thought that maybe it would be good to just kind of take a break from our Earthwalk series, looking at the life of Jesus Christ, and talk about who we are, who we are as a church. Who are we? And so I really want to focus on that issue today. I want to talk about that. I'm going to basically take my message and break it down into three sections. I want to talk about, first of all, our natural tendency and, and this is easy for all of us to fall into here as a church because, I mean, as you look at what's happening in our church, and I told you about folks hanging around at the picnic and enjoying each other's company, I think about some of the folks in our church who've, who've gone through health issues and folks who've been there to help them and everything. Those are all positive things that have been happening, and I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, I'm excited to pastor a church like this, but we kind of have to remind ourselves who we are. So we're going to talk about our natural tendency. I'm going to give you a reminder, and then we're going to look at Ephesians and talk about the concerted effort that we need to do. So let's talk about the natural tendencies. Here's two things I want you to see about our natural tendency. Number one, we tend to forget. That's our natural tendency. We tend to forget. Things can be so good that we can forget the way they used to be, the way things used to be. And and that's only natural because when you talk about the way things used to be, you almost kind of want to forget them. And if you think about our church in particular, I'll be honest with you, it's not been really good. I mean, for the last 12 years it has. But if you talk to folks who were in our church even just right before we came, I mean, they'll tell you right off the bat there was a lot of hurt and pain. There There was a lot of disappointment. In fact, when we came, I believe there was only maybe 20 adults here. Left from a church that at one time had been, they say, 300. Wow, what happened? Lots of pain, lots of hurt. We say, well, I don't know anything about that. That's fine. It's okay, but you need to know where we came from. And what we tend to do is we tend to forget. It's not just who we are as a church. A lot of you have come in here, and you've come from painful experiences in church. You've come from, maybe you didn't, you came from another church here and it was a painful experience where you came from and, and you had a terrible experience with this, that, or another and you came in here with your hurts and, and then coming into a loving church family, it's real easy to forget. You want to forget. But I, here's what I want you to understand. We can't forget. We shouldn't forget. Why? Because it's the next point I want you to be. We tend to take things for granted. We tend to take things for granted. So you can look and you say, man, this is an exciting time for us to be in our church right now and, and look at what's going on, the love and the care that's being expressed. And I really enjoy being with those folks. And, man, we can really chow down on some food together and, and really have a good time. And, and, and it's just, man, this is a great place to be. And, and the reality is is that you can take it all for granted and just assume that it's always going to be that way. And as you take it for granted, all of a sudden, it could shift. It doesn't happen in a big shift. It happens subtly. It happens quietly. And then you get to the place. And how many of you have been in a church where you hear, I remember when things were so much better. I remember when the good old days, when, when things were really happening. And, boy, I wish they were like that again. Have you ever heard people talk like that? What happened? We forgot. And we took things for granted. And so, you know, as as I was thinking this week and as I was reflecting upon us as a church, I thought, man, Lord, help us not to forget where we came from, individually or as a church. Help us not to take things for granted. So what I wanted to do before we look at what God's Word says in Ephesians from the Apostle Paul, I wanted to give us a reminder of who we are. It was just, I think it was just a few years ago in the morning... I come in here at 8 o'clock in the morning and I brew the coffee and I kind of get the air conditioner going and, and I kind of get some things set up here in the morning. And usually it's a lot of times I'll be praying as I'm in here. And I remember one time I was sitting up here in the platform looking out. It was empty because nobody's here at 8 in the morning. And I said, Lord, what do you want for us? What do you want for our church? And it was at that time God gave me a kind of a vision of who we needed to be. And what it was was this. A church of real people where anyone can come and find Jesus Christ and learn to walk in obedience. And that's what I want to remind you of today, of who we are. Because what we are is that. So four points to the whole issue of who we are. Number one is this. We're a church of real people. Real people. What you see is what you get. There's no putting on airs here. We're a church of real people. You don't have to act a certain way to be here. You don't have to vote for a certain party. We don't really talk about politics here. So we, I don't really care. We don't care how you voted. What we find is, is when you talk about the vote thing, it immediately polarizes. Have you noticed that? Politics polarizes things with people. So we don't talk about that. We don't talk about sports here, although most of us are Steeler fans here. We have the occasional, like we have a, we have, we have a couple of people who are Philly fans. And we've had people come with other jerseys on. We've accepted them and loved them in spite of them, okay? But, you know, the, the reality is, is the, the, listen to me, the reality is is we're a church of real people. We don't care what side of the railroad track you came, came from. We don't care what your level of education is. We don't care about any of that. We're a church of real people. We're so real that, you know, we don't seek perfection in our services, so there are times when we start a song, we mess up, we stop, and we say, hey, we messed up. Let's start it again. We don't have heart attacks over that. Oh, I can't believe that. No, we're real. We're real. And because we're real, you may want to write this down in a side note. We realize this one point about each other. What's that? We're all works in progress. Write that down. We're all works in progress. Every one of us here, we're not deceiving ourselves, thinking we're super spiritual. We're thinking that we're arrived. We all recognize that we're works in progress. In fact, if you think you've arrived, you're in the wrong place. Because nobody else believes it. Because we're all works in progress. We're real people. That's who we are as a church. We're a church of real people. And, and, and really, here's the second point. Anyone can come here. Anyone can come. Used to be in church, you know. We've made a great change. I was looking through some old pictures of when I first came. Some of you don't know this. When I first came, I wore a suit. Had my tie on in the suit. Things have gradually changed over the years. I, I went from the suit as the music changed to where I was just wearing khakis. Now I'm wearing jeans. That's as far as it's going, bro. I'm not going to wear shorts or, or anything like that, okay? Uh, you know, we're, we're loosening up, but we're not loosening up that much, okay? But, but here's what we noticed. Every time we made a shift in our church, more people came. You know, here's the thing. We're not deceiving ourselves. Most people make their first impressions of a church the first 15 minutes they walk in. Can they relate to the music? Can they relate to everybody else? Well, listen, if we're a church of real people, then what? Anybody can come. Right? we got to remind ourselves that. there There is no one who shouldn't be able to come here. And if you think that there's somebody that shouldn't come to church, then you've got a problem with the gospel. You've got a problem with Jesus. So the second thing is, is that anyone can come here. Now, now okay, so what, we're just a big social club? No. No, there's a reason for our being here, and that's the third point I want you to see here as we remind ourselves About that is this, that really the next point there is, is this is where you can find Jesus Christ. Yeah, anyone can come here. Yeah, we're a church of real people, but there is a purpose for our being here. This is where you can find Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, the one who loves you for who you are in spite of you. The one who will forgive you and cleanse you of your sin. The one who accepts you, warts and all, because you're a work in progress. Jesus Christ. This is where you can find him. If you are serious about finding Jesus Christ, this is the place. Because everything that we do is geared towards you coming into an intimate relationship with him. Even from the stuff we tend to do as an interaction. Because we talked about that this morning in Sunday school. You know, the love and the care that we have for each other is an expression of God's presence in our midst. The fact that God is in our midst is because we care for each other. And it's all about knowing Him. And so if you are serious and you want to know Jesus Christ and you want to find Him, this is where you can find Him. There's a second purpose that we have here, and that's my last point of my reminder to you, is this is where you can learn to obey Jesus. This is where you can learn to do what Jesus tells you to do. Well, didn't he say I shouldn't go to the movie house, or or didn't he say I shouldn't go to this restaurant because it has a bar? No, Jesus doesn't talk about any of that stuff. In fact, that's the easy stuff, to be honest with you. Churches that emphasize that about dressing right and having the right haircut or or no facial hair. A lot of us are in trouble here, aren't we? Okay. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, that's really easy compared to what Jesus tells you to do. Because what Jesus tells you to do, I'm going to be honest with you folks, what he tells you to do has more to do with your heart and your character, who you are, than what you're doing. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I've said it for years, you could train monkeys to do the right stuff. It doesn't change who they are. And it's really, that's why we're here. We're here for you to find Jesus and then for you as you grow and as he begins to work in your life to do what he's telling you to do, to make the changes. And I'll be honest with you, in my life, it's about attitudes. It's about wrong thinking. It's about who I am as a person. And the stuff about not going to certain movies or the stuff about not going to certain restaurants or or this, that, or another. That's easy. But when it's the real work of who I am as a person, I think we all agree, right? That's tough. And that's really why we're here. Because, again, let's get back to it. Remember I told you to write it down. We're all works in what? Progress. Nobody's arrived here. Can I tell you when you arrive? When you die or if Jesus comes back? See it's okay, George. So you, you kind of you kind of expressed to us our natural tendency. We tend to forget. We we tend to take things for granted. You kind of reminded who, us who we are, and and maybe you're here for the first time or you've only been coming for a few months. You need to realize this is who we are. We are a church of real people where anyone could come and find Jesus Christ and learn to walk in obedience. That's who we are. So okay, so what do we do about that? How do we how do we not take it for granted? How do we how do we Not forget, what do we got to do? Well, that's where we come to the book of Ephesians. And I want us just to look at a few verses here. Look with me at verses 15 through 19. It's actually in a prayer of thanksgiving that Paul is giving to the Ephesians. And he's talking about some things that he is praying for them about things that he wants to see happen in their lives. And what we can do from that is we can take a couple of points out of this that we can reflect on and think on and make a decision. Yes, this is what I need to do. I like my church. I love my church family. I want us to continue to be that kind of church and be all that God wants us to be. This is what I need to do. So let's look at this prayer that he gives here. Look with me at verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Let's stop for a moment. Isn't that It's kind of what we've been talking about what's happening in our church, right? Our faith and our love. Paul's saying, after he heard of the Ephesians and their faith and their love for each other. Look at what he says, verse 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. And here's what he prays. That God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of His of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Look at what he's doing here. I'm going to draw two things. You can actually add a third one in there. First thing he says, be thankful. If you look at our church and you say, man, this is where I want to be. These are the people I want to interact with on Sunday. These are my, this is my spiritual family. And you are excited about what God is doing in our church and in your life through the church, first thing you got to do is, is you gotta be thankful. See, here's the thing if you're forgetting what it used to be like, you're not gonna be thankful. But as you look now and you say, Man, wow, I saw where I came from, I saw what we used to be. I am so thankful. That's what Paul's saying. He is thankful for them. You need to be thankful. Hey, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm thankful. When you realize where you came from. And what you have now, And you need to be thankful. That's what Paul's saying here. But he gives two more specific things. That's what I want to focus on in your notes here. Number one, actively increase in your understanding of God. That's what he's praying for them. He's praying that they would actively increase in their understanding of God. Look at specifically what he says here that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. What is it? That you may have the spirit of wisdom, verse 17, and revelation and the knowledge of him. He's saying, look, here's what we're going to do. If we want to stay where we're at, if we want to continue to be all that God wants us to be, we want to continue to be that kind of church where we love each other and we're growing in our faith, you've got to, first of all, actively seek to increase in your knowledge of God. Now, what do you mean knowledge of God? Well, I'm not talking about a knowledge of facts, so don't go out and buy a set of systematic theologies. Don't go out and buy a bunch of commentaries and learn all there is to know. That would be good, that's helpful, but that isn't going to be helpful in what we're talking about here as far as being a church. What we're talking about here is an intimate knowledge where you know God intimately and you interact with him on a daily basis, where you begin to understand his heartbeat And can I be honest with you, his heartbeat is for you, and his love for you. When you begin to know more than just facts, you begin to know God. Do do you know what I mean? You know, I, I think back, you know, Lori and I have been married 20 years now. I met her 22 years ago, and I knew about her, but I didn't know her. And even when we got married, we'll both admit we knew each other, but we really didn't know each other. And 20 years later, she's smiling down here, smirking, actually. We, we, we know each other better, but we still surprise each other. Do you know what I'm saying? We still say things like, like the other day we were talking about canoes and stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, I got a canoe bag up in the attic. And Lori's like, I didn't married to you for this long. I never knew you had a canoe bag in the attic. Do you know what I'm saying? But here's what you want to do. You want to, you want to increase in your knowledge, your intimate knowledge of God. How does that come through? A relationship. Spending time with him, talking to him. Can I tell you how that happens? Turn the radio off sometimes. Turn the TV off. Talk to him. Read your Bible. Pray. Let him know what's on your heart. Be honest with him. Had a rough day today, God. I need your help with this situation. It's not good at work not good at home i'm concerned about this you know this bill showed up lord you know this how am i going to take care of that this is what the doctor says i'm not doing good it's increasing he, so he's 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 praying for them that they would increase look if you and i are going to be the church that we need to be we need to actively listen to me actively what grow increase in our understanding of him that's what we got to do here's the second thing he says We need to experience the hope, the generosity, and the power of Christ. We need to experience the hope, the generosity, and the power of Christ in our lives and in our church. Look with me specifically. Let's look there. Look at verse 18. Look at what he says there. That you may know, again, it's not just a knowledge of facts, that you may know by experience, that you may know intimately, look at what he's saying here, that you may know the hope of his calling. Some of you, you need to grasp, that's the first thing that needs to happen in your life, is that you need to go beyond just existing in the misery of your life, because let's be honest, there is junk that happens in our life. There is stuff that we go through. And some of you are just treading water. But you've given up hope on someone throwing you a life ring. And the reality is is that some of us here need to begin to understand and experience the hope that we have in Jesus. The hope that you have in your relationship with him. The hope that you have by knowing that he accepts you. Warts and all. You need to come to that place where you begin to experience the hope, where you don't give up hope. Yeah, life is terrible. This week is already, it isn't even Monday yet. And you're like, I can't, I don't want to go through this week. But you need to get to the place where you can say, I still have you, Jesus. I don't know how this is going to get through, but I still have you. You're going to get me through this. You're my hope. You're my eternal hope. Look at the next thing he wants us to experience there, generosity, the richness. Look at what he says there. In fact, it's a little bit specific here, and I think it has great implications to what we're talking about here as us being a church. Look at what he says there, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What you and I need to do is experience the generosity of God's greatness in our lives and goodness. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Some preachers will tell you that means your bank account's going to grow fat. I'll be honest with you. The, usually, the folks who say that, their bank's accounts are growing fat, everybody else isn't. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the generosity of God's grace in your life. The richness of his inheritance is grace. And specifically, notice where it's in the saints. Who's the saints? It's believers. What's he talking about here? He wants you to know the richness of his inheritance in the saints, in the body of believers. This is why we need to be actively seeking to become all that he wants us to be. Because it's here. You're weak. You've been beat up on. You've been, you've been dumped on. You've been, it's been terrible. But you could come into a place and know what? I'm accepted by people. I'm cared for by people. I'm loved by people. Do You know what I'm saying? Some folks, I don't even know why some folks go to church. I've been in churches where you you feel dumped on after you got there. Because that's not what church should be. Church should be where you could go in and you experience the richness of God's grace in your life. That's what he wants you to do. But then there's just one other area here. It's not, it's, it's, it's not just hope. It's not just his generosity expressed through the church. But it's what? Power. Power. He's praying that you experience the power of God in your life. power of the Holy Spirit. As he empowers you for this week. Whereas you enter into the body of Believers. And it's been rough this week. That because you've been with his people and you've been in his word and you've been with him, you're empowered to face whatever's coming the rest of the week. Do you know what I mean? And see, here's the thing. Remember, I told you that it's going to need to be a concerted effort These are things that we can't take for granted. These are things that we just can't forget about. These are things that we need to actively seek to do in order to be the church that he wants us to be. And you know what? It's going to take not just me. It's not going to take Brad. It's not going to take a band. It's not going to take folks in the sound room or teachers. It's going to take you. little old you. Because we can't do it without you. You say, okay, George, how do we wrap this up? Well, I've got a couple thoughts, a couple questions, a couple things I want you to think about, and then I'll give you an action point. Number one, here's the first question. You've got to ask yourself this Have you taken things for granted? Yeah, you tell people, oh man, you should come to our church. Wow, you should, man, our church is great. Uh, you, yeah, great, I want you to do that. Continue to do that, but here's the thing, Have you taken it for granted? Got to ask yourself that question. Are you taking it for granted? That's dangerous. That's dangerous because sooner or later we're going to be saying, oh, I remember when things were great. What happened? We took things for granted. Here's the other thing. Recognize that you are important to the church family. You're important. Every single one of you. Well, George, you don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't know what you've done. Don't care. I do care that you work through it, that you get victory over it. But that does not affect your acceptance with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your acceptance with God has nothing to do with you. It has to do with Jesus and what He did for you, and whether or not you accept what He did for you. The reality is, is you are important to us. Every single one of you. Recognize that. You're not less than. You're not insignificant. If you're not here, we miss you. Now, we're not going to hound you and say, hey, welcome you're not here. So don't expect a phone call. But we do miss you. You're important. So what do we do about it? Here's the action point. Here's what we've got to do. Because the only one who can help us, yeah, we're going to make this concerted effort. But the only one who can help us is God's spirit. So ask the spirit to help us to become all that he wants us to be. Ask the spirit. God is doing something through us. There's something special happening here in our church. And he's allowed you, and, and it's no, I, I, here's the thing, I, I'm very much a sovereignist. You did not just happen to come here. God brought you here for a reason. Now, I don't know what it is. You maybe don't even know what it is. But you got to ask yourself, okay, Why am I here? Well, because you're important to him. Because he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. And so you and I need to actively seek to ask God's Spirit, God, help us, help us to be all that you want us to be as we reach our community for you, as we reach our county for you. Help us to be all that you want us to be. Can we do that?